Welcome to the Travel Podcast. I'm Matthew and your host for this episode where we're going to be exploring Boston, covering why Boston, uh, how to navigate Boston, the neighbourhoods in Boston, where to stay, the nightlife, plus some Boston travel tips, know before you go. And we have some special guests joining us live from Boston. And um, we also have some guests that are doing little snippets throughout. So make sure you stay tuned throughout. And today's guests come in from Boston, Massachusetts. Betty Salemi. Boston has a long history of immigration and at one time Betty's hometown Revere just north of Boston was nicknamed Boston's Italian Riviera for its long sandy beaches and concentration of Italian families, eateries and bakeries. Betty, Betty is a consultant in the field of concierge and hospitality services and has more than 30 years of experience working as a concierge for hotel and corporate clients. Betty was part of the team that opened Boston Seaport Hotel, which was the first hotel to open in what is now Boston's trendiest and most modern neighbourhood. In addition, Betty was a founding member of the Greater Boston Concierge Association and served as its president for 16 years. You'll be sure to get the lowdown from Betty and she'll never steer you wrong. And Betty's co-host joining us live from Boston is Stacey Thornton, Senior Manager of Tourism Sales at the Greater Boston Convention and Visitor Bureau. Uh, Visit Boston on Instagram and Boston USA on Facebook. Stacey has 15 years of experience in destination sales and marketing. A Philadelphia native, Stacey, like so many before her, came to Boston, the Athens of America, to attend university, fell in love with the city, and made New England her home. Finally, Stacey invited some of her colleagues at Visit Boston and from around town to chime in throughout our conversation on the subjects that they know best from sports, food, shopping, Boston movies, and some special walks and trails. So first, Betty, let's start with yourself. Where is Boston situated? No, that's okay, Matthew. Thank you so much. Boston's located in eastern Massachusetts in the northeast part of the U.S. It is the largest city in New England with six states making up New England. Five of them have long, beautiful coastlines. Boston is 350 kilometers to the northeast of New York. Coming up from New York on your way to Boston, you'll pass through Connecticut and you can continue straight into central Massachusetts if you'd like, or you can take Interstate 95 It'll take you along the coastline and through Rhode Island en route to Boston. The closest coastal path is the route that Amtrak travels, making for a more scenic ride. The nice thing about Boston, it is so accessible from here. Portland, Maine is just two hours to the north. Plymouth and Cape Cod are to the south. Western Massachusetts and the mountains and the hills of the Berkshires are two hours west. And then you have the beautiful ski resorts of New Hampshire and Vermont to the north and northwest. Okay, now that we know where Boston is located, why consider Boston, Stacey? What makes the city so special? Hi, Matthew. Thank you for having Betty um, and me today. Well, ooh, you know I have a lot to say on this topic, and I'm going to walk you through some of Boston's top qualities and features. As Betty mentioned, Boston is a key North American gateway an entry point to New England, and really to a variety of New England holidays. It's the perfect start or end point to an East Coast USA holiday that you can do on its own or as a quick city break in combination with New York or other destinations. When cruising returns, we have great packages to Bermuda, the Caribbean, and my favorite, the New England coast and Atlantic Canada. 
You can start in Boston, spend a few nights, cruise, and end in Quebec City or Montreal. And remember, you're definitely going to need at least three or four nights in Boston. Why? Our, our character. Boston is an American original. There, There's no other U.S. city like Boston. Its geography and features make it truly unique. We have uh, 2,100 acres of green space, 75 kilometers of harbor walk, and 15 national parks in the region. Boston is a hub of education. There are more than 60 colleges and universities in and around Boston. The students, professors, and researchers from all over the world come here, bringing energy and curiosity to the city and many of the cross-cultural influences that make living here so interesting. I'm no longer in my 20s, but I love that there are so many fun shops that exist solely because the students pay the bills there are great record and comic book shops, bookstores, and even shops that specialize in things like cream puffs and Belgian waffles and so many great restaurants, bars, and clubs all around the campuses, which are basically everywhere in Boston. In Boston, you'll find iconic American experiences, baseball at Fenway Park, a concert or a comedian at Symphony Hall, America's First Park and Botanical Garden, a walk along the Freedom Trail, Daniel Hall, America begins here. And Boston is really beautiful. In fact, it's one of the most beautiful cities in the U.S. You can check out our Instagram, Visit Boston for proof. When I first moved here as a university student, I was overwhelmed by how, bo how beautiful Boston is. It really does look like a movie set and it has been used in the movies quite a bit, especially Harvard Yard, the Public Garden, Beacon Hill, and the sailboats along the Charles River. All that red brick, granite, and ivy. And we're going to hear a bit, a little bit more about Boston in the movies later on. And really, it's just so easy to take a holiday in Boston. Uh, take advantage of the great airlift and service available from the UK into Boston. If you arrive on one of the morning flights and you have a few options, you'll touch down at Boston Logan at 11.30 in the morning and quickly clear customs. And in fact, Logan receives the highest possible ratings for this. And then you'll be in the taxi queue and at your hotel by one o'clock. And really, this will allow you to hit the ground running on your very first day, whereas in other U.S. destinations, you might not get to your hotel until the late afternoon or the evening. And one of the reasons for this is that in most big U.S. cities, the airports are located far from downtown, and you have to travel miles and battle traffic to get to and from. Our airport sits right on Boston Harbor, with two tunnels connecting you to downtown. Much of this is due to the Big Dig Project, really one of the most expensive engineering projects in U.S. history, but it serves us well, and you can take advantage of it. Um, we even offer free transportation from the airport into the city, the Silver Line bus, it picks up at each terminal and connects right to South Station, where you can transfer on the subway at no cost. And I really can't think of another city where you can do this and do it so quickly. And if you're staying in the seaport, you can take the Silver Line directly to your hotel. There's even a stop um, under underneath the Yotel, for, for example. Um, and um, once you've made it into Boston, into your hotel, you want to start shopping. We have tax-free shopping on clothing and shoes, and that's for all items, um, $175 and under. And I mean, for me, you know, anything above that, I would consider luxury. But 
how this works is you're going to just pay tax on the difference, the amount that it goes over the $200. I'm sorry, over the $175. And when you're buying multiple items, the sales tax is, is charged only on those items over $175, no matter what the total bill is. And really, it translates to great savings. And if you're planning on doing a lot of shopping, and I know you are, and plus the 6.25%, it's still low. And finally, we're getting to the best reason to come to Boston. It's the food. New England seafood in particular. Life in a coastal city is especially about the fresh catch that's delivered right into Boston Harbor with sourcing from our biggest fishing ports. Gloucester on Cape Ann to the north and New Bedford to the south are our two biggest Oysters are a local favorite, and we have many oyster bars all over town. Some of my favorites come from Wellfleet, Potuit, Martha's Vineyard, and Duxbury, Massachusetts. And if you have shellfish allergies or you've just never had the chance to try seafood this fresh, don't worry. Um, there are always going to be plenty of non-seafood options, even at seafood restaurants. And we just have so many strong New England culinary traditions that have become American traditions, and they began here. And, um, for example, I lived in a neighborhood um, of Cambridge and Somerville where there was a big Portuguese influence. And that's also true on outer Cape Cod, where so many fishermen still make their living. And now um, my colleague, Beth Ann, is going to tell you about some of her favorite spots to eat. Hi, I'm Beth Ann, uh, born and raised in the city of Boston, and I'm here to tell you about my passion, which is food. I love cooking. I love eating. Boston has some great dining destinations that I would like to tell you about. I think when people come to Boston, one of the things they're really looking for is seafood and a lobster roll. My favorite place is a no-frill spot, James Hook Company. It's right on the water. You can see where your lobsters are coming from. It's always fresh. Great lobster roll, great bowl of chowder. You order at a counter, you can sit out at some picnic tables outside overlooking the water and the Boston skyline. It's a place not to be missed. Another thing people think of when they think of Boston is Italian food. The North End is synonymous with great Italian food. Really, you can't go wrong anyone anywhere you go there. My personal favorite is Legendary. It's Regina's Pizza. There's always a line. The menu is small. It's pizza only, but it is absolutely wonderful. And when you leave there, you can go across the street to Bova's Bakery, pick up some great great Italian cookies for the rest of your tour around the city. Another spot, which is relatively new, is called the Boston Public Market. The Boston Public Market is set up of independent vendors all under one roof. The best place there is a place called the Popover Lady. She does assorted pastries, but her popovers are assorted flavors and are to die for. They're absolutely amazing. But there are many vendors there that have some cool, unique products to sell. Darrell's Corner Bar and Kitchen serves up great Southern comfort food and also has live jazz music. So you can listen to some great music while having some shrimp and grits or fried chicken and cornbread. It's absolutely fabulous. If you're looking for a cheap lunch option, which is also somewhat healthy, Love Art Sushi, which is located in the Back Bay, has awesome poke bowls and sushi rolls at a great price and great quality. Uh, Banyan, uh, which is an Asian-inspired gastropub in the South End, um, has really just fun 
uh, twist on Asian food, great dumplings, and great ramen. Next door to Banyan is a place called Beehive. It's a bohemian eatery and bar. It's very cool, very unique, live music seven days a week. It's for people who like bold flavors, um, a lot of influences from the Middle East and Eastern Europe. Great food, very fun. Uh, and lastly, dessert. You can't leave Boston without having good dessert. My number one recommendation, Flower Bakery, multiple locations throughout the city of Austin. My personal recommendation is the chocolate cream pie. I think of myself as a connoisseur of chocolate cream pie, and it is by far the best I've ever had. And also, while you're leaving, pick up some cookies there, too. They have a, a great chocolate chip cookie um, and just all the pastries. You really can't go wrong there. Whoa, Beth really does have a lot to, to say there, and I absolutely love it, Stacey. Um, I have a guess, but could you explain to me and the listeners that may not know, what is a popover? Sure, Matthew. Um, popover, it's a light, airy, eggy thing that puffs up when you bake it, and you know, preferably you're using a heavy old popover pan, and it's buttery and browned and crisp on the outside, and soft and chewy on the inside. And then, you know, I've made them at home. Just You just need flour, salt, egg, and milk, and butter. And a lot of people have them with breakfast, with jam, but you also see them at dinner. And I was just eating at Passports, a great neighborhood restaurant on Main Street in Gloucester. And I was really happy when I saw the popovers coming out to my table. And I agree with Beth Ann about the public market. It's uh, just a few years old and you have to go there. Um, my favorite place at Boston Public Market is Boston Pastrami Company. Um, and you, you'll want to get a warm pastrami sandwich with mustard on rye. So good. <laughs> Sounds like heaven. I love my food. And uh, Betty, is there anything you'd like to add? Any, any spice, especially with the food? Wow, Matthew, I love my food too. Wow, Beth said it so well. And Stacy, your description of a popover has really made me hungry. What I love about Boston is that we have it all and we supersize everything. Big breakfast, hearty brunches, delicious steaks, authentic Italian meals, and the freshest seafood right off the boats. Whether you want an intimate dinner for two, a banquet for 10, or a fun family-friendly meal with your kids, we have lots and lots of options for you. And it really is a big thing from the Travel Podcast. And as Stacey, you mentioned earlier, food is a big thing in Boston, but a lot of people really like to get out and explore the local cuisine. So up next, we've got navigating Boston. So Stacey, what do we need to know? I know you mentioned earlier, it's very easy to get from the airport, but once you're then in downtown, Town, how can you get around? Matthew, it's easy to get around everywhere in Boston. Um, and the reason for this is we just have an unusually small footprint for a major city. And the city is about 125 square kilometers. And the reason is because of our borders, our harbor and the Charles River, which separates uh, Boston from Cambridge. And it's one fun thing to do is look at a map of Boston from the 16 and 1700s and you'll see that so much of Boston has been built up over time and we're still doing it today. Um, the town of Boston was just a big peninsula and at high tide, you know, it, it even became an island. So all of that land making explains why the Back Bay is called the Back Bay, why there's a north end, a south end and a west end. And it's because the water just separated all these areas. So, um, so first and foremost, Boston is a walking city bring all those comfortable shoes. Um, and it's a first city that 
first-tier city that feels surprisingly intimate. You can actually do quite a lot in most neighborhoods without really needing to go underground on the subway or taking a taxi. So most of the hotels are going to be in places where you can walk to many things. And if you if you are staying a little bit outside or in the opposite end of town, um, don't worry because so many of the big attractions, they actually have their own subway station. The John F. Kennedy Presidential Library, for example, Museum of Fine Arts and the Museum of Science to name a few. And since you probably will be using this public transit while you're here and if you're using it for at least two days, I really recommend purchasing the seven-day Charlie ticket. And this costs uh, just $22.50. And you can use it on all of the subway and bus lines and even the ferry that runs from Long Wharf at the aquarium to the Charlestown Navy Yard, where you'll find um, USS Constitution and the Freedom Trail and just a great neighborhood in and of itself. And children 11 and under always ride free. We also have city bikes. They're just available throughout the city and you just swipe your card and rent and off you go. Um, you can also rent a bike with urban adventures for longer rides or even book a tour with them. Their City View Bike Tour is a great way to get a feel for Boston and at the end of this tour, you'll have many great ideas for places that you'll want to return to for a closer look. And if you're a beginner, don't worry about it. Um, helmets are provided. There's a guide in the front, a guide in the back. And if you need to go a little slower, you can always hang back and stay, um, stay with the rear pack. And their tour to Boston travels along the Charles River Bike Pass, and it's designed for families with young children and people who really want a very relaxed pace. And you'll see at a lot of Boston hotels that they're offering uh, complimentary uh, bikes, first come, first serve. And the Boxer, the Three Kimpton Hotels, the Onyx, the Nine Zero, Hotel Marlowe, Mandarin Oriental, the Whitney, the Liberty Hotel, they all have them. And there are probably more that I missed right there. But um, so now Betty and I can give um, you all some tips for what to do on your first day so that you feel comfortable in Boston right away. Thank you, Stacey. A hop on and hop off Old Town Trolley tour around Boston and Cambridge allows you to experience all Boston has to offer at your own pace. You can stay on the trolley for one trip around or you can get on and off at your leisure. Lots of folks use their tour as a commute to get to so many locations in the city. Old Town Trolley even offers a combination ticket that allows you to an entry into the Boston Tea Party, Ships and Museum with its live actors depicting some of Boston's most famous characters of the 18th century and the single most important event leading up to the American Revolution. There are talking paintings, holograms, and the only remaining authentic Robinson's tea chest from the actual Boston Tea Party. You can even take part in the reenactment of throwing the tea overboard from one of the two ships. A guided tour below is designed so that you can see and feel what it's really like to be a sailor on one of the ships during the 1800s. Once your tour is complete, you have to visit Abigail's Tea Room located on the second floor. This is where you can relax, play 18th century board games while drinking tea, eating scones, and taking in the breathtaking views of Boston Harbor. I was going to say, that's my cup of tea right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you said up your alley, we would 
Party yeah, no, no, it's definitely but, my um, cup of tea. I had to change. I almost did. Well, the Boston Tea Party Ships Museum is a floating museum, and we also have a floating tour in Boston, and that would be the Boston Duck Tours. Um, the entire experience of about 80 to 90 minutes, and my favorite part of this tour is that the vehicles are designed to transition seamlessly from land to sea, well, in this case, river, the Charles River, and the, the splash down into the river, I still get a thrill, even though I've done it so many times. You'll spend 20 minutes um, uh, cruising the Charles River and you'll get those gorgeous views of the skyline that Betty and I keep alluding to. And the brightly painted ducks, there you can see them all over town. So after you take the tour, you just feel like, oh, I know those people. And um, the guides are pretty hilarious. And they're just outrageously funny. And you'll get a crash course in Boston history done in a very entertaining way um, with many Boston firsts highlighted. So almost feel like you went to college after this tour in Boston. Um, and you'll absolutely, again, you'll feel confident. You'll know where, what you want to go back to. And um, I love that you can book that like on your first afternoon or morning. So... It sounds great, especially like you said, you can do that on your first afternoon or morning to really get yourself aware of of, the, of getting around Boston and also getting the history and great entertainment from the guides because I've heard some of them even dress up, um, if I'm not mistaken. So it's an immersive experience, both on land and on the water. And since Boston is one quarter water, it's only right that visitors will want to get out on, get out on the water and do things over the river and harbour. Betty, can you tell us some more about what uh, they can get up to on the water? Oh, thank you so much, Matthew. Um, as I've already told Stacy, I'm... I've always said I have the best of both worlds. I live on the water and I work on the water. So sharing opportunities to be on the water is really close to my heart. Boston offers everything from a quick and inexpensive commuter ride to a three and a half hour dinner cruise. And nearly all of our saltwater beaches are accessible by public transportation. Some of my favorite companies are Boston Harbor Cruises, which offers everything from a 90 minute narrated cruise to a three and a half hour whale watch to the wide Highly popular catamaran Godzilla. Godzilla is a 90-minute speedboat ride. It's a cruise. It's a thrill ride. It's both fun and exciting for the whole family. Bordering the Atlantic Ocean, Boston Harbor boasts 34 harbor islands and peninsulas, most accessible by ferry service and some by car and on foot. In the summer months, no trip in Boston would ever be complete without visiting one or more of the islands in the Boston Harbor Island National Park. The islands are managed by the National Park Service and offer fishing, swimming, picnicking, and guided na nature walks. In the summer months, Boston Harbor Cruises operates daily service between several of the islands. It's a quick and easy and in, quick, easy and inexpensive. It's a great way to get out on the harbor and learn about the Harbor Islands, Boston Light, and Boston's harbor history. Another favorite of mine is Bay State Cruise Company. They offer several daily trips from Boston's Commonwealth Pier to the seaport to the picturesque community of Provincetown. Just a short 90-minute cruise will bring you to the outermost tip of Cape Cod, one of Boston's most popular destinations. And because it is so quick and easy to get to, you may even want to stay a day, an overnight, or even for a week. 
And you won't even need a car because everything there is so accessible. Your adventure begins as soon as you disembark the ship. There are tons of art museums, galleries, and places to eat and shop. You can take the Mayflower trolley tour around the town or just relax and enjoy the picturesque beaches and sand dunes. Base A Cruise Company operates also operates the Encore Boston Harbor Shuttle that takes folks from Boston's waterfront to the new and exciting five-star Encore Hotel and Casino located in Everett, Massachusetts. The shuttles are beautiful yachts with luxury seating for up to 35 passengers. They have white leather seats and couches, and the inside is all teak wood. Each yacht costs $1 million to make, and they operate between Commonwealth Pier, Long Wharf, and the Encore. It's a great way to travel in style. And as Stacy mentioned, the Charles River is so beautiful. The Charles River Boat Company offers an amazing architectural design cruise along Boston Harbor through the locks to the Charles River Basin with breathtaking views of Boston, Charlestown, and Cambridge. Some of the landmarks include the famous Marriott Custom House Tower, the Prudential Tower, and the steeple of the Old North Church. And if you really want to get out on the water, Charles River Canoe and Kayak has five locations in the Boston area offering guided hourly or daily tours. The tours along the nine-mile stretch of the Charles River are perfect for those small boats because of the mild to no currents. So you literally glide across the water. There are breathtaking views of Boston skyline, including the Esplanade, Museum of Science, Boston University, and the Lenny Dakem Bridge. Boston's water taxi service is another easy way to get around. Just a quick seven-minute boat ride will take you from Boston Logan Airport's dock to Commonwealth Pier or Long Wharf. The service also shuttles folks to 15 different locations on the waterfront, including the Ray Flynn Terminal, East Boston, and the Charlestown Navy Yard, home of Old Ironside. There are even call boxes at each of the locations, or you can use your cell phone to call and reserve your seat. Another favorite activity of mine is strolling the Boston Harbor Walk. I love the breathtaking views of the harbor. The Harbor Walk is an easy, accessible walking route, 47 miles long, but you don't have to walk that far. My guests prefer the walk from the South Boston's beautiful Castle Island to the Seaport District. Once there, you can stroll along the downtown Inner Harbor Wharfs. Two of the most popular are Rose Wharf, home of the Boston Harbor Hotel, and Long Wharf with its bustling activities. This is where most of the tour boats operate from and all of the sightseeing trolleys leave from. You can then continue your walk through Christopher Columbus Park, the historical North End, and over the bridge to the Charlestown Navy Yard, where you'll find lots of family-friendly activities. As two of you have been talking, you keep mentioning specific areas and parts of town. Clearly, Betty loves uh, the waterfront, and I'm sure there's uh, some great hotel options there. But for those who may want to explore and stay in some of the other uh, Boston neighborhoods, can you tell me a bit more? And um, What can people expect when they visit them? Where can they stay? And you know, what is a factor of them deciding where they may want to stay? Yes, bostonusa.com offers a guide really to each of them with some videos, points of interest, where to eat, where to stay, what to do, and lots of images for inspiration. Um, I know that's a lot, um, but these neighborhoods really, they're, they're just clustered together and you're going to easily pass through three or four of them without really breaking a sweat. 
And, you know, Betty and I, we can't cover them all, but we will walk you through um, some of, you know, some of the great ones and just give you a few highlights for each. Um, Betty, the Gold Dome, the Massachusetts State House, Beacon Hill, take us away. Oh, thank you so much, Stacey. Beacon Hill, home of the Boston Bromans, the elite Boston families, has the most beautiful historical architecture. Incredible mansions and private homes turned into museums are everywhere. Cobblestone streets and gaslight lanterns line what is considered Boston's prestigious addresses. Acorn Street is considered Boston's most photographed street because of its charm and its beauty. Also, one-of-a-kind boutiques, cafes, restaurants, and shops line the bustling Chow Street that runs from Beacon Hill to Cambridge Street, close to the Massachusetts General Hospital. The Boston State House, 15 Beacon, the Whitney, Beacon Hill Bed and Breakfast, the Liberty Hotel are all good reasons to stay on Beacon Hill. Stacy, I know you have more. The South End, individualist, the architects and a lot of architects and designers live here. It's full of independent shops and restaurants. Really, you're not going to find any chains in the North End. Uh, just beautiful homes, Victorian architecture, really unique pubs and cafes, a lot of uh, small parks. And it's, it's really the best uh, neighborhood for dog watching. And a um, great little tiny little Italian restaurant called Copa and Ateca on Shawmid Avenue and Myers and Chang on Washington Street are two of my favorite restaurants. And you also have uh, Pico on Tremont Street. And that stands for Pizza and Ice Cream Company. And we're talking gourmet pizza and gourmet ice cream. And this is a great restaurant for families and really all ages. And um, Betty, Seaport, that's your, that's your turf over there. I love the Seaport District. Definitely close to my heart. Even after 20 years of development, the Seaport is still Boston's newest neighborhood and it's still growing. Big, beautiful and modern. This neighborhood known as the Innovation District has all the bells and whistles and the latest in technology. The Institute of Contemporary Art, Ray Flynn Cruise Terminal, the Rockland Trust Pavilion and the Harpoon Brewery for the best pizza and beer combo in town. There is is fabulous art and shopping throughout the neighborhood with the new businesses popping up every single day. L.L. Bean, Blue Mercury, Mr. Sid, and Lululemon are just a few. And while every neighborhood has a main street, our main street is Seaport Boulevard, a bustling mecca of stores, restaurants, hotels, and the highest concentration of rooftop bars in the city. Seaport Common is our neighborhood public park. One day you may find interactive games and rides, and the next day, tree lighting, boot camps, and ice sculptures. Stacy, tell us about the Back Bay. Classic Boston neighborhood. It's it's so beautiful, very timeless, um, and it's a very engineered neighborhood. You'll learn about that on the uh, Boston Dog Tour, by the way. Um, it was laid out in the late 1800s, moving from east to west, and you know for that reason, it's really perfect by design. I think you know Bostonians were always very much about making a beautiful city. And looking back to the European capital cities to make create Boston. So here you have Commonwealth Avenue with its wide uh, Commonwealth Avenue Mall, 
filled with uh, sculpture. And this is modeled after a grand Parisian boulevard. And it's my favorite street to walk, whether it's early morning or in the evening when all the lights come on. And Back Bay, you're going to find probably like the most hotel options in Boston and the most shops. You have Newbury Street, Boylston Street, Copley Square, beautiful Trinity Church, and the Boston Public Library. And of course, the finish line uh, for the Boston Marathon ends right there in Copley Square in the Back Bay. And then along the north, um, you have the Charles River and the Charles River Esplanade. And there are little footbridges that you can cross um, to get to the river very easily from Back Bay. And Charlestown, Betty, or as, as locals say, uh, Chastown. I don't know. You probably do that I love how you said that. That's great. Charlestown is just as oh, you're welcome. Charlestown is just a short walking distance from the bridge from Boston's historic North End. At one time, Charlestown was primarily an Irish community, but through the years, it has become more gentrified, attracting all nationalities, young professionals, entrepreneurs, and lots of families with pets. The neighborhood is called the Gaslight District because of its gaslights, lanterns that line the brownstones with the look and feel of an 18th century sea captain's home. Charlestown is also home to the Charlestown Navy Yard, which is the final stop on the Freedom Trail. There is also the Bunker Hill Monument that pays homage to the famous Battle of Bunker Hill. There are lots of great restaurants, salons, and shops along Main Street. And the most famous of all restaurants in Charlestown is the Warren Tavern, where history tells us that Paul Revere frequent in this location on a regular basis. Stacy, can you tell us some more about the North End? Yeah, when I was a college student, I thought I was really cool because I got to live off of campus on, during my senior year. And I lived on Endicott Street in the North End. I had just come back from five months of studying and working in Paris and when I got back, um, I was suffering serious withdrawal. And the North End helped me transition painlessly back to American life. And in fact, you know, Boston has always done that for me. You know, <laughs> I love the USA, but I, you know, Boston has, you know, it just, it has such that international influence. And I love that. And um, North End, those cheese shops, the smell of bread baking, the Sala Maria, the gelato, all those bakeries, um, great conversations with, with people over coffee at Cafe Della Sporto. And Matthew, I, I should say, that's where you're going to find um, the European football matches. Uh, actually, you can watch games all over town, really. Um, that is big here. So Cafe Della Sporto is pretty much the football cafe. And um and then, you know, at night, getting the grappa and the Amaro and Cafe Victoria. And, you know, when I lived there, there were just all these women, these older women perched in the windows, keeping watch. And then the men doing the same thing in folding chairs at street level. And I was just completely enthralled by this neighborhood. And, and really, it's an America that in many places just no longer exists, but it does in Boston. And just a few shops that you have to visit. Um, the Salumaria Salum Italiana, Modern Pastry, Vitorace & Sons, Pocari's Coffee. And then there is the North End Pizza Tour. And I, I love that. Um, 
it, it, it actually includes my favorite uh, gallery, Umberto, for their pizza and arancini. Oh, let's not forget the North End Feasts. Although any time is a great time to visit the North End. My favorite time is between June and September. This is when I get to really experience my Italian route. The North End Feasts happen during these summer weekends when different streets in the North End are closed off to traffic to accommodate local restauranters, vendors, and shop owners who set up tables and carts to sell their amazing, amazing homemade goods. There are games and rides for the kids, beer gardens and wine emporiums for the adults, and lots of fun entertainment, including dancing and live music. A major event is the feast is the opening procession, where the statue of St. Anthony is carried through the streets of North, the North End, accompanied by a marching band and several hundred followers. Two of the largest feasts are the Fisherman's Feast and the Feast of St. Anthony. Oh, yeah, Betty, those, those feasts are so much fun. I, I just know that, like, I, I just have seen so many great musical acts come through and and the food and it's just like such a great such a great party time and so exciting to do that in the summer and well i guess we have time for one more neighborhood and i'll tell you about roxbury roxbury is at the center of boston and it it goes back to the beginning um, for us it was founded in 1630 by william pinchon one of the original puritan investors in the massachusetts bay colony and I don't know exactly how much money that these folks invested, but I, I don't think it was much. I mean, maybe 50 pounds, which, you know, for that time was a lot. But um, you could have had Massachusetts for, you know, little money back then. Um, Roxbury, um, it's one of the great residential neighborhoods. And I'm really happy to say that it's moved far beyond its Puritan roots. And um, so many amazing musical acts are from Roxbury. Donna Summer, new edition, enough, enough said, right? And um, many great Americans have lived here at important times in their lives. And I'm going to give you two examples. Martin Luther King Jr. was enrolled at the Divinity School at Boston University. And Coretta Scott was studying music education at the New England Conservatory. Some people at their church the 12th Baptist Church in Roxbury thought that they had more than a little in common. Um, I could tell you a lot more about their love story, but we have a new mural in Boston called Roxbury Love Story that that does that far more eloquently. And you really have to see it when you come to Boston. And there's also the artist who did that, Rob Gibbs. He has other murals, the Breathe, Breathe Life murals, and there's other street art all over Roxbury and many um, murals are being commissioned right now. And um, you'll also want to visit the Museum of the National Center for African American Arts. And in addition to the great public art, Roxbury swings. This neighborhood was a hotbed for jazz, dance halls, theater and performing arts. And that creative energy still thrives. Malcolm X moved to Roxbury as a teenager to live with his older sister, and he worked as a shoeshine boy and really did whatever else was asked at Roxbury's Roseland Ballroom. And there are actually chapters about this that you can read in the autobiography of Malcolm X about his time in Boston. And last but not least, you'll want to visit the Black Market Nubian. And this is a Black-owned cooperative business and event space it's a true marketplace with a wide range of goods, and many of them are locally made. And it is founded by artists and entrepreneurs 
uh, Kai and Christopher Grant, and they got the idea for this marketplace um, after returning from a trip to Egypt, and they were just fired up with inspiration. I mean, these these concepts of like a communal marketplace—they're just they're as old as our civilization, and they made it happen in Boston, and our city is just the richer for it. And now I'm going to pass it over to my colleague, Helena Ajakaye, and she's just an incredibly smart and stylish leader in our hospitality community. And she's going to talk about shopping in Boston and one great boutique in Roxbury. Hi, my name is Helena, and I want to tell you a little bit about shopping and fashion in Boston. If you love shopping, Boston is truly a shopaholic's dream. You can start in the Back Bay, which is home of the High and Copley Place, the Prudential Center, and of course, Newberry Street, which is well known, which has premium designers, brands such as Chanel, Gucci, Michael Kors, Dior, Burberry, you name it. If you love Newberry Street and you want to spend more time there, it stretches eight blocks and has also some of the most beautiful galleries and antiques and shops and saloons that you can find around. Cafes are there too. And if you love that, keep going to Beacon Hill, which has other shops and exploring antiques and galleries and boutiques. Um, Furthermore, if you love, love just a quaint, very worldly place, you can go head right over to Faneuil Hall. Faneuil Hall Marketplace is an amazing outdoor indoor gallery for shopping. It features over 70 shops um, with unique, unique architecture and purchases that you would not find anywhere. Um, Also nearby is the Quincy Market uh, Colonnade, which offers infinite choices among food vendors, restaurants, and pubs. Uh, You can go right ahead to Downtown Crossing, which is not that far as well. Downtown Crossing presents shoppers with over 300 retail establishments. Uh, Top of my favorites um, are... American iconic departments that are just readily available like Macy's, um, flagship stores like Primark, and the latest trend at magazine prices. So really, really amazing place to go. Um, you also have really Cambridge, Somerville, and beyond um, across the river for shopping available at Harvard Square um, and multi-level Cambridge uh, Side Galleria, which is another beautiful place that you can take your family to. Um, Assembly Row is a quick ride on the Orange Line as well, which is home of 40 stores and dozens of restaurants that are just absolutely delicious. Um, I do want to tell you about a, a small hidden gem that I think is such a such a great uh, breath of fresh air. Um, if you go right over uh, to uh, Roxbury, uh, parts of Boston, you can find a really quaint, beautiful little uh, place called Final Touch with Class Boutique. <laughs> What I think is so unique about this is that it has incredible, incredible customer service. Um, this boutique offers uh, both women and men unique fashion clothing, accessories, and really what stands out is, like I said, the consultation. When you walk in there, the staff is extremely um, friendly. And one of the quotes that I heard that I want to share with you um, that someone says there when you go there um, or would, would say to you is from one woman to another, some days you just need to 
stress to de-stress. So all version remember styles at the heart of the soul is something that um, is written on their website and is there and will be enjoyed. Um, another thing that I would share with you about shopping in Boston is that, you know, we are the hub of academia and I love the fact that there are just incredible new designers always learning uh, in institutions such as Massachusetts College of Art and Design, Framingham State University, UMass Dartmouth. So these are new designers looking at fashion in a whole new lens uh, for the future of shopping in Boston. Visit us here in Boston. Uh, you'll find there's something for everyone here in Boston in terms of shopping, uh, and we'd love to see you. So those are my favorite places. I hope you enjoy Boston. Um, see you soon. I love it. And as you mentioned earlier, Stacey, shopping in Boston has an amazing uh, advantage of having no sales tax up to $175. So it really is a chopaholic's heaven. I think that one of the best ways to get to know a city and its neighborhoods is to take a food tour. Um, Betty or Stacey, does Boston have any good ones? Oh, Matthew, we'll have to cut this down to just a couple, right? Because you have lots and lots. Some of my favorites are Off the Beaten Path, where tour guides Lizzie and Sam offer a unique experience through the not-so-common neighborhoods of Somerville, Northampton, Lowell, and Cambridge. Also, Bites of Boston has been around since 2011, when owner and tour guide Elisa decided to take her love of sweet and savory cuisine and market it with the historical streets of Boston. Also born and raised in Boston's North End, Robert Agapino offers a three-hour North End food tour while sharing stories of what it was really like to grow up in Boston's Little Italy. Just made me very hungry. I love my Italian food and I love your story. Stacey mentioned earlier how... Uh, the North End really brought you back uh, and helped you from being homesick from from what well, homesick well it was home for a few months but coming back home from Paris and I love my cheese and, and fresh bread so I'm with you on that but it sounds like there's an amazing Italian roots and amazing food scene throughout Boston and I've also heard it's a great place for, for families. Betty is that something you can talk about? Oh I'd love to thank you. Absolutely Boston is a kid's town. I've raised my son and my granddaughter here. Some of my favorite inside places to visit are the Boston Tea Party Ships and Museum, the New England Aquarium, Boston's Children's Museum, and the Museum of Science. For outside activities, I love riding the carousel on the Rose Kennedy Greenway, playing with the giant game pieces at Lawn on Dee, and feeding the ducks on the Boston Common Frog Pond. Also, the hotels here in Boston are so welcoming to families. They all have their own family-friendly programs in place to entertain. Seaport Hotel has a pirate's theme where staff members give out goodie bags and invite children, young and old, to choose a toy out of the pirate's tea chest. They also have a children's lending library and lots of books and games. But my favorite is the children's menu with a delicious make-your-own-Sunday dessert. And the Fairmont Copley Hotel, besides being an amazing historical hotel, has its own canine ambassador. Corey Copley is a beautiful, frisky Labrador retriever pup that guests can feed, play with, and even take for a walk. She's such a celebrity. She even has her own Instagram, C-O-R-I Copley. And a must for any visitor to Boston is Boston Harbor Cruises Whale Watch aboard their high-speed Catterman. The Catterman will bring you to Stillwell, 
Bank Marina, where you will be up close and personal with beautiful marine creatures like humpback whales and white-sided dolphins. I remember my last whale watch. Even the narrator got tongue-tied with seeing so many whales, and I myself was jumping back and forth from every side of the boat just to get a better view. The Boston Public Garden is a real favorite of mine. It is located in the heart of Boston, adjacent to the more popular Boston Common. Its magnificent landscape is designed to reflect an English garden. It's here where you will find the highly popular pageant family swan boat rides. Families can ride along the lagoon in a wooden vessel designed like a swan and paddled by a tour guide. At the main entrance of the public garden, you will find the statue of the Make Way for Little Ducklings, a tribute to the famous children's book by author Robert McClowski. In season, the public garden is a bustling site of the most beautiful flowers, foliage, shrubs, and trees. And throughout the park, you will also find incredible statues of famous people and events. And probably some of the most famous things I know about Boston is the sports. I do enjoy watching American sports. And this uh, year was when Tom Brady uh, left the Patriots, uh, based uh, just outside of Boston, went down to Tampa and the Super Bowl so a lot of people may know about the New England Patriots um, but Stacey you mentioned that Boston is iconic and that is certainly true uh, when it comes to the sports teams uh, and movies that have been shot in Boston and these are two topics that I know you would like to hear more about and especially myself and uh, we're very fortunate where we've got one of Stacey's colleagues Greg who's going to be talking a little bit more about uh, Boston and its sports. Hi, my name is Greg. I'm here to talk to you about the exciting and entertaining sports scene that is Boston sports. Um, the sports culture in Boston can likely only be rivaled by the deep passion of the European football clubs. Boston sports fans are just as passionate and bring the excitement to each game. We even have a song that is sung at every home baseball game for the Boston Red Sox. Fans in Boston, Bostonians, the passion and excitement they bring to every game, whether it be from historic Fenway Park and the Boston Red Sox, or down on the Gridiron Gillette Stadium, home of the New England Patriots, and the home of the New England Revolution, uh, or uh, the TD Garden for the Boston Reds, or Boston Bruins and Boston Celtics. There's a reason here in Boston we are known as Titletown, and we are not afraid to remind you of why we are known as Titletown. One of the most quintessential Boston experiences is a summer night at Fenway Park with the home of the Red Sox. Even after attending dozens of games at Fenway myself, the sight, the smells, Fenway Frank, the eighth inning singing of Sweet Caroline, the atmosphere, the ambiance, it never gets old. Even if baseball is not your sport, I still recommend finding your way to the Fenway neighborhood, which has which is full of top-notch restaurants, cafes, parks, bars, you name it. The streets surrounding Fenway are close to traffic on game days, making it a very friendly place to walk and, and really the place to be to experience Bostonians in their natural element, especially when the Red Sox are in town. The, my other must-do for Boston include the Boston Marathon and the Head of the Charles Rowing Regatta. The Head of the Charles is the world's largest two-day rowing event and typically takes place in the fall during the beautiful New England fall foliage season. The race features high school, collegiate, professional crew teams competing along the Charles River, which separates Boston and Cambridge. Fans and Bostonians line the banks of the Charles to watch these crew teams compete, as well as enjoying the beautiful fall New England weather 
and scenery, leaf changing, and everything that comes with it. The Boston Marathon, which is about to have its 125th running, is one of six world major marathons. Well, it technically starts 26.2 miles away from Boston in Hopkinton, Mass. Fans line each and every inch of the course from the suburbs to the finish line in Boston's beautiful Back Bay. Run on the third Monday in April, a day that has become known as Patriots Day in Massachusetts, sees schools and most offices closed to allow Bostonians the chance to cheer on those brave enough to take on the grueling Heartbreak Hill and the rest of the 26.2 course. Lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the New England Patriots and the success that they've had over the last 20 years. The championships, not only in football, but hockey, basketball, baseball, soccer, women's sports, collegiate sports, second to none in here in the States. And it starts with the New England Patriots. Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, home of the Patriots, as well as the Major League Soccer team, the New England Revolution, has recently been developed into what is known as Patriot Place the area surrounding Gillette Stadium. The fans attending and not attending the games are there to shop, dine, relax, go to bars, restaurants, bowling alleys, hotels, movie theaters, you name it, it has it. It's a place to tailgate, a place to experience, a place to see Bostonians again in their truest, rarest form, enjoying the sports culture in what is known as Titletown. Whether you come to Boston for a game We'll come to Boston just to see the sites or for a meeting or whatever brings you here. I recommend finding your way to one of the stadiums, finding your way to a sporting event, whether it be live, a tour, at a bar, whatever you think, and just sit back, relax, enjoy, even join in, cheer on the local team, and you get to see and experience the passion I'm talking about today. Thank you for your time and hope to see you soon in Boston. I mean, even though Brady, you know, he did leave, um, every, all the New Englanders were still rooting for him. And because he brought, he brought us so many championships and Bostonians are going to be forever grateful about that. And, you know, sports, it's, it's like the religion here pretty much. And, and wherever you go, um, you, you're going to talk, you can talk to anyone about it. I mean, just even if you didn't watch the game, you you know what happened. It's just <laughs> when you wake up, you hear about it. So yeah, and um, and Greg, um, he's the guy in our office we always go to with um, you know where to watch a you know a high school football game and all of that. So I'm glad he could he could join us. Yeah, definitely, and uh, he's made so many great um, great points there, like Sweet Caroline at Fenway Park, which is a you know I know you and I watched uh, Boston Red Sox against the Yankees when they came over to London, um, and yeah, so much uh, so much history and, and tradition, especially when it comes to to baseball, that people should go and experience if they can get tickets. I'd love it up in uh, in that Italian restaurant to watch the football or soccer if you're listening in the states. So I know that there's such a drive for sports in in Boston but fine no conversation about Boston would be complete without a little movie talk and I know you touched on it earlier Stacey can you just uh, recap some more about what the big screen in Boston looks like sure well I think um you know Boston the way that the city's portrayed in the movies in, in recent years has really you know um strayed a bit from reality but hey you know what we'll, we'll take it um I've called on Paul Sherman. He's the author of Big Screen Boston, and it's the first book published about movies made in Boston and the region, and he's going to tell us more. 
And with all of the great streaming services that are now available, I think um, you'll likely be able to track down most of the movies that, that Paul talks about. Boston movies offer a mix of the city's many qualities. You might have sedate academics on one hand and criminal corruption on the other, or a range of architecture from colonial to skyscrapers. Uh, for many years, Boston's dominant role in the movies was its medical academic prowess. Think movies like Love Story, The Paper Chase, Coma. Uh, the most interesting of those might be 1947's Mystery Street, which also happens to be the first feature film shot primarily in Boston. Uh, it has boarding houses in Old Scully Square. It has forensic labs at Harvard. Uh, it's story team scientists and police detectives in a murder case. Mystery Street has a very business-like tone. If you like your crime stories a little jazzier, go no further than the original Thomas Crown Affair. Uh, this is an impossibly glamorous and incredibly fun story of a dashing thief played by Steve McQueen. Uh, it's a real confection, probably the most stylish movie ever made in Boston. And don't pass up a chance to see the obscure crime movie Lift about a shoplifter played by a young Kerry Washington. Uh, it's also one of the few features that features the Boston's African-American community. Despite being a film noir set in Boston, Mystery Street is not what has recently come to be known as Boston Noir. Uh, Boston Noir has replaced the medical academic complex as the place that dominates 21st century Boston movies. Uh, these movies feature reckless locals from both sides of the law on a collision course. Uh, the city and its Irish Catholic culture are practically characters in them. Uh, the Departed and the Heist movie The Town are prime examples of Boston Noir. Uh, so are Gone Baby Gone and Mystic River, uh, both made from novels by Bostonian Dennis Lehane. Some may be surprised to learn that Goodwill Hunting is one of the movies that paved the way for Boston noir. Uh, that mix of comedy and drama is one of the movies that best shows off Boston and Cambridge. Uh, ben Affleck and Matt Damon's Breakthrough also taps into the so-called town versus gown conflict that pits the homegrown against the academic elite. It's a transitional movement, movement in Boston movie making away from gown and towards town. Uh, like a lot of the best things, the most enduring movie made in Boston doesn't fit into easy categories. Uh, the Friends of Eddie Coyle from 1973 is the granddaddy of Boston noir, but it's much more. It's based on a novel by the late great George Higgins, who was a master of choice dialogue. Uh, it also includes an unforgettable Robert Mitchum performance as a low-level hood in a pinch. Uh, nearly 50 years ago, Higgins, Mitchum, and director Peter Yates shone a light on working-class strife that was far from Boston's academic elite, blowing up the cinematic depiction of the city. It was 25 years ahead of its time. Thank you, Paul. Um, I'm going to look forward to running into Paul soon um, around town. Um, I often see him at the Harvard Film Archive and the Brattle Theater in Cambridge and these are two great uh, cinemas. They screen both classic and contemporary films. And you'll certainly want to check them out if you're here. And if you love movies, we do have uh, two great movie tours with on-location tours. And you can do the one-and-a-half-hour uh, Boston Movie Mile walking tour. Or you can travel by mini coach while watching some movie clips on, on the bus. And on-location tours will bring you to different sites all over the city on their three-hour Boston movies and TV locations bus tour. And the movie um, The Departed uh, is, is heavily featured on that tour. Um, and, you know, both of these tours lead right from the Boston Common. 
And like I said, a lot of people may have may have seen a lot of those films already. And if not, you definitely need to to watch some of them. And you can even get some uh, local Boston slang or terminology if you watch some. Maybe, maybe the town, but obviously, like Stacey mentioned, is very Hollywood compared to what Boston is is like right now. And I'm just talking about that, like local travel tips. Uh, you know, if we start off with where to stay. So, Stacey, uh, any tips on where to stay? Sure. Well. In sales, um, the easiest part of my job is that the hotels here, the hotel products are just pretty incredible. And I'm, I'm not really exaggerating because the hoteliers, the general managers, they are as competitive as the sports teams. One of them gets a renovation um, or an amazing new like, you know, little alley bar that they add or something. And then and the other hotels want to like top them. And it, I see it happening all the time. It just keeps everybody on their toes. And, you know, here we have all the major brands you'd expect, including some of the newest ones. I've noticed that when they're, they're piloting new brands, um, Boston, we're apparently like uh, a test market. Sometimes we get the flagships and things like that. Um, we also have a lot of independent hotels, family-owned hotels, historic properties, boutiques, bed and breakfasts. I mean, really... You know, just something for everyone. And without a doubt, um, we have the most hotels that are in the high-end luxury segment. So so you'll probably notice when you're looking for Boston hotels, there's just so many four-star hotels and some, a, a good selection of five-star. So um, they, they, they will come up, you know, when Betty and I talk a little bit about nightlife and some great bars in the city. So we're not really going to focus on those because it's just it's just too easy to find a really stylish, like high end hotel in Boston. So I think um, we'll probably tell you a bit more about like maybe where do you look if you're if you're trying to save a little money and for a bargain. And then I'll just highlight uh, two really unique properties. One is located in the city and one is outside of it. Okay, Revolution Hotel. The Revolution Hotel is in the South End neighborhood that I mentioned. And, you know, Boston really needed something like this. It's, it's a new concept, a hybrid. It has a lot of luxury and style, but also with affordability. And they do have rooms with private baths, but um, I did stay there with my family. And I actually found that I preferred saving the, the money. And I booked a room with a bathroom down the hall. And I know some of you might shudder at the thought, but I'm not going to lie. I mean, I do have champagne tastes on a soda water income. And um, but I found these bathrooms to be really uh, nice. Um, You can lock the door. You have your own toilet, vanity, glass shower. There are plenty of them. We never had to wait. You get a fancy tote bag in your room. It has robe and slippers and they're just clean. And I saw people cleaning them throughout the day. So great lobby, um, delicious coffee. There's a, a workspace in the basement on the lower level. And the prices were just, you know, incredible compared to other hotels for that location in that part of the city. And there's really just two hotels um, in the South End anyway, and it's it's right next to the Back Bay. So you're close to all the, the great restaurants down there. And then next, uh, in at Hastings Park, this is um, a lovely getaway just outside of Boston in Lexington, Massachusetts. And they have a sedan service that will pick you up at the airport and bring you out to Lexington. And the hotel has this amazing culinary program. The owner is actually a chef, um, Trisha Perez-Camille. She does both indoor and outdoor cooking classes in the inn's beautiful garden. 
and you can um, just bike all around Lexington and Concord and Lincoln. There's all these farms and just those, those quiet country roads. It's really serene and beautiful. And out there you have Walden Pond, the Concord Museum, author Louisa May Alcott's Orchard House and Gropius House. This is the home of Walter Gropius, who was the founder of Bauhaus, and he came to Massachusetts in 1938 to accept um, a position to teach architecture at Harvard. And, you know, Matthew, we, we talked about finding bargains. Um, I want to tell people, if you're coming to Boston and you're on a budget, don't shy away from areas that are just outside of downtown. Um, with our smaller scale, these areas aren't as far away as they might first appear. And many of these spots are well connected by uh, a subway or a shuttle service. And just a few examples to look for, um, AC Hotels by Marriott, they have three locations that are all, all fit that description. And one of them is Medford, just north of downtown, near some shopping outlets and restaurants. There's another in Cambridge and one at Cleveland Circle. They're just beautifully designed, comfortable properties. They have a deluxe breakfast with croissants, meat and cheese, fresh fruit, and they they each uh, have a full bar. And there's even one in downtown Boston, again, walking distance from the South End and um, the art galleries. And if you do stay here or anywhere else, um, you'll want to check out the Sowa Open Market for local art, food, and music every Sunday, May to October. And then the Sowa Vintage Market, also on Sunday, that runs year-round. And um, and other neighborhoods where you're going to find some good rates um, and accessibility would be Chelsea and um, East Boston, which uh, Betty can tell you a little bit more about. Thank you, Stacy. What a lot of people don't know is that I actually got my start in hospitality working at a hotel at Logan Airport. I loved it over there. There was so many things to do and so much fun. So just across the harbor, East Boston has amazing hotels. The Logan Airport Hilton, the Hyatt Harborside, and the Embassy Suites provide a comfortable stay with all the amenities of a downtown hotel without the downtown prices. All three have great restaurants, lounges, business centers, health clubs, and incredible views of the Boston skyline. Each hotel is also accessible to Boston by car, taxi, and Uber through the Ted Williams Tunnel. Or you can take the seven-minute water taxi from the dock at Logan Airport. Or the most economical way to get to Boston from Logan is the Silver Line bus. Stacy, do you have any more you'd like to talk about? Yeah, and... Again, going back to the great transit system, you know, don't, there's also the red line and um, that runs, you know, from, from Cambridge and through Harvard and um, you have the Doubletree Bayside, uh, the new Holiday Inn in North Quincy. And then there are just some other hotels that have good shuttle service like the Holiday Inn Somerville and the Comfort in Boston. And really, um, we have such an extensive where to stay on bostonusa.com. Um, to just give you even even more ideas. And like you said, don't shy away from being just outside of Boston because the, the service to be able to get around and being in one of those outer neighborhoods is, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to get around uh, with public transport and very walkable city. And Boston has a reputation of being a bit of a uh, buttoned up. Is, is this true? And for those listeners that may not know, buttoned up, that is a Bostonian um, term. What does that mean? 
Oh, buttoned up. I didn't yeah. realize that. Um, like, you know, when you when yeah, you've got so, your, so your shirt collar, like the top collars buttoned and, and I guess it didn't mean a little uptight or stiff and, and, and really, you know, again, that probably goes back to the, the Puritans and those rich elite Boston families, the Boston Brahmins that Betty mentioned. And, you know, there, there's just so, so few of that, you know, few of them left, I guess, at this point, it's Boston really has changed and it used to be a bit more of a wild place, but then some of the, you know, what we have places like the combat zone and Scully square and, and as Boston redeveloped, those places went away. We used to have the Navy here in Boston, and that made for wild times. But that's really, um, a lot has changed in the last 20 years. And we always have the college kids, and they always want to party. So we've, we've also had great music scene in Boston. So, But we're never going to be, we're not Las Vegas. We're never going to be Las Vegas. Um, we don't want to be, but we do have uh, a Las Vegas-style resort and casino now oh yes absolutely finally gaming has come to boston thank goodness the boston encore hotel and casino opened in june of 2019 it is located in somerville just five miles from boston adjacent to the mystic river the five-star resort is as beautiful outside as it is inside outside there is a flat winding harbor walk around the whole resort including bike paths picnic areas and viewing decks inside there are upscale restaurants including rare steakhouse southern italian cuisine at fratelli Red 8 serves Cantonese delights, and Mystique offers Asian-inspired dishes and sushi. For a more casual meal, you have to try on the deck. They serve the best burgers and fries anywhere. And construction has also begun on a state-of-the-art sports bar with enormous big-screen TVs so you can watch all your favorite sports teams. On the casino floor, you'll find all the same exciting games you would find at any Las Vegas casino. Everything from a slot machine for a penny or table games for up to $15 and more. They even have two food trucks right on the casino floor. Raymond X serves a combination of Japanese and Mexican-inspired cuisine, and Lucky Dog serves classic hot dogs with a gourmet touch. And when the lights go down, there's plenty of options for cocktails and music. You never need to leave the resort to find some fun. You may also want to stay overnight in one of their fabulous hotel rooms or suites overlooking the majestic Boston skyline. They even have touchless room amenities, room service, and an incredible spa. It's like being at the famous Wynn Resort in Las Vegas without ever leaving Boston. And one important thing to note about the Encore Boston Harbor is um, they actually they can they can serve um, like an hour later I think than than a lot of the other bars in in Boston so that's um, a reason to end the night there for sure and you know um, Matthew it's it's no secret that Bostonians like to drink and they can go hard and you know who i wonder i wonder where we get that from matthew <laughs> uh, you get it from the europeans uh, obviously maybe the irish or the english the world's strongest drinkers all you know the russians it all blends here but um we do have just so many pubs breweries distilleries um all that small batch beer and spirits um are, it's all happening here and 
Um, but new stuff, I'll point out, we have a new Sam Adams tap room that just opened right next to the Sam Adams statue at Faneuil Hall. And so, you know, a lot of these breweries were, were away from downtown for a while, but now they've been opening um, Night Shift, opened up at Lovejoy Wharf right next to the Converse uh, store in headquarters. Uh, we have Trillium, which is an excellent one. They have a location in Fort Point by the Tea Party Ships and another one in the Fenway. And But um, here I'm just going to name a few cocktail bars because we do, we do this so well in Boston and... Just a few of my favorites that I will always go back to um, and some new ones to try. Shore Leave. And this this is just a typical tropical paradise, um, which we need in Boston during the, the colder months, for sure. Um, it's a subterranean bar. It's near that AC Hotel downtown that I mentioned, just between the South Boston and the South End. Uh, classic TV cocktails. Just beautiful presentation, um, really delicious food. And it's really just like a fun atmosphere. And, you know, drink like a sailor on 24-hour leave at, at shore leave. And drink. Um, this this is another um, below street level bar. And it has 37 seats. It's in Fort Point. And it's really a unique concept and design. There are three U-shaped bars within the bar. And each has like a master bartender um, or two, you know, working uh, at that station. And pretty much there's no menu. You just tell him or her, you know, what you like and what you want and what you're in the mood for. And they'll just create something for you. And this is where I go pretty much to learn about new spirits and, and try new things. And, you know, I pretty much talk to the bartender about what they're into and what they're excited about. And that's what I try because they always just they always just have the coolest ingredients and they just make so many of their things from scratch there. And next, um, the Oak Bar at Fairmont Copley Hotel. And this hotel is opened in 1912 and it's just the bar restaurant. It's just beautiful, um, dramatic high ceilings and a bar that spans pretty much the length of this massive open space and really classy, comfortable furniture, all copper and wood and the wood fire oven, um, delicious dishes coming out of that and the real exquisite drinks that Fairmont is known for. And, you know, this bar, it gets really busy and crowded. And so for that reason, I like to go for lunch, um, maybe late in the afternoon or early in the evening or just before they're closing and I definitely avoid the, the weekend nights uh, to beat the crowd. So there's some amazing nightlife to be had in Boston, Stacey, and I'll be certainly enjoying some of those cocktails when I with yourself when I come out to visit. But for those that would like to use it, obviously a lot of people fly in, it's a gateway to the greater area of New England. Um, for those that are looking to use Boston, stay there, enjoy themselves, enjoy some great food uh, and walks around the city. What is What are some of the... Uh, further or beyond Boston trips that some of the listeners can do. Sure. And, you know, Matthew, it's also a good way, a good activity the next day, you know, walk it off, get some fresh air. And, you know, my colleague, Lisa, you know, she lives in the city, but she takes advantage of all these, you know, things that are so close. And she's always out there every weekend on the trails. So I'm going to let Lisa tell you about um, some really great walks in and around Boston. 
Hi, my name is Lisa, and I'm going to talk today about different areas in Massachusetts that you can enjoy a run, a walk, or a hike, whatever you're in the mood for that day. Now, there are some well-known places that most people will recommend to you if asked. The Charles River Reservation covers both the Cambridge and Boston side of the Charles River. This is a flat, paved path that's heavily utilized by both locals and visitors. There are plenty of bridges to be able to cross from side to side to help set your distance. Then there's the Blue Hills Reservation, south of Boston, and the Middlesex Fells, north of the city, that both offer a variety of trails at different elevations, from something flat and breezy to some hiking to really get your heart rate up. But what I'd really like to focus on today are three of my favorite spots that might not be top of mind to most. So the Trustees is an organization that maintains over a hundred of what they like to refer, refer to as special places. I'm gonna bring two of those into the conversation today. First, north of Boston in the coastal town of Ipswich is Cranes Beach and Estates. This is a beautiful beach on Boston's North Shore. But what a lot of people don't know is that tucked away in the southern part of the parking lot are five miles of dune trails that offer a scenic walk or trail run. There are a few hills to get your heart rate up, but it's a fairly flat area. In the summer, you can reward yourself with a dip in the ocean, but I've also done this in the winter, enjoyed the calmness that the dunes offered. Now, south of Boston is another trustee's special place called World's End. This is a peninsula in Hingham, another coastal town that offers, again, almost five miles of paths for walking and trail running. You get spectacular views of the Boston skyline, Hingham Harbor and the Ware River. But for this one, you need to plan ahead. The parking is pretty limited. So if you're definitely gonna go on the weekends, I'd recommend getting up there early. And lastly, certainly not least, is the Great Island in Wellfleet. Now Wellfleet is on Cape Cod, so it is about a two and a half hour drive from Boston. But this is another dune coastal walk that you'll best experience at low tide. This way you can get all the way out to the end of the area, which is called Jeremy Point. Now, during this walk, you're gonna experience a variety of terrains from saltwater marshes to pine forests. Um, and if, on a hot summer day, you definitely need to bring lots of water. So there's many places to experience in and around Boston and Massachusetts, and these are just a few of my favorites. <laughs> Before, before we wind up, can you give us some quick tips and know before you go? So from uh, what to pack, what the weather might be like throughout the year, and also if there's any sort of term, local terminologies um, like popovers or buttoned up that listeners may want to, to know. So if I start with you, Stacey. Sure. Well, the New England weather, um, we don't be discouraged if you look at that forecast like a week before you come. Um, it's going to change. And the nice thing is if it does rain or storm, it's not going to last too long. So just pack um, lots of layers and just always be able to to add and to shed those layers. I think that's going to be helpful. So so think in, in those terms when you're when you're packing in the comfortable shoes and and all of that too. And bring, yeah, the hats are good because it does, there's a lot of sun, even in the winter, we have really sunny days. And um, buttoned up Betty. 
Oh boy, I have to tell you, I've never heard that expression before, but I absolutely love it. What I can say about New Englanders, the um, the reputation is that we're a little reserved, short on words, always in a hurry and a bit stuffy. And now I understand buttoned up. But the truth is, Bostonians are really good people who will give you the shirt off their backs. We're excellent in emergency. And if you ever need our help, we'll always be there for you. When visiting, you know, what time of year? Is it all year round destinations? Stacey? It is really. I mean, I think um, most, you know, we do have um, some things are seasonal, like the March to October for the whale watching. Um, but we do, you know, we have um, cruises on the water year round, but anything from a summer beach holiday to a ski holiday. So um, but yeah, always plenty to do year round. And uh, I know you mentioned it earlier, but where can people get information about visiting Boston and see what, what there is to do on social media before planning their trip? Yeah, so I'll give you a few options. Um, BostonUSA.com and then for trips beyond Boston, discoverneweengland.org and also visit ma.com. And do make sure you check out those and do some research because there's so much more to Boston than what we've covered today. And we've covered a lot from the amazing food and as Stacey and Betty have both mentioned, how much history and culture there is from the Italians, the Irish, the English, the, the tea party, where you can actually now go and enjoy a nice cup of tea and some scones to the tax-free shopping for those shopaholics that really want to get out to Boston and fill your bags. I mean, for me, this is going to be my new Christmas shopping destination. Don't about the rest of the listeners. Um, it's a very walkable city, as I mentioned, rich in history. And these neighborhoods sound so inviting. And I cannot wait to get out and visit and especially get out to uh, see the Boston Red, so Red Sox live in Boston, because that is a sight to behold and sing Sweet Caroline. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends and family. Give us a five-star review. So Matthew, Stacy and her team do an amazing job of getting people to come here to come and experience Boston. Once they get here, I always say that the concierge will make sure that they have a great time. And I know I always have a wicked great time when I'm here in Boston. Oh, Betty, this is a great way to end the episode right there. And thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>